I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, welcome to This Might Help with Matt Bronger. Thanks to all who called in and who came to the recent live shows. They were bangers. Really appreciate you guys. Thanks, Mighties. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, let me just say this is not real clinical advice. If you're here for real help, you need to go elsewhere. This is for fun. Like it says in the title, this might help. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so think of it that way. It's it's entertainment first. I have a, a, a guy on today who uh, is very talented and who I'm a fan of. Uh, he's a writer. He is a podcaster. He's a journalist. Please give it up for Dave Schilling. Dave, how are you? Good. How are you? Boy, I haven't been a journalist in a long time. I haven't journaled at all. One. Yes, I so. was at one point required to write about real things. Yeah. <laughs> I've devolved I mean... since I've gotten older. Look, to me, that counts. I'm in Texas and I was at the airport. Uh, I, I flew in from uh, Oklahoma City today and there were, you know, the the, the gift shop. There were, um, uh, what do you call it? Newsstand, whatever the place is where you get your... The Hudson News in the airport, right? Basically, here yeah. it's called Pops, evidently. Of course least, it is. It's got to be yeah. down home. And- sure, it's super down home. And there was one of the big, one of the pictures was, it was called uh, The Downward Slide. And it was uh, a book by Tucker Carlson about himself. And it was like, the the the, the subtitle was, um, you know, whatever, 15 or 20 years, whatever, in journalism. And I was like, that's a real stretch, Tuck. It's, you know, if that guy's walking around going, no, but I am a journalist. It's like, mm, you're more of an entertainment character who talks about current events and is horrifically wrong. That's my opinion. But I believe the first part is definitely unequivocally inarguable. Like for, so for you to be like, I don't know, I wouldn't call myself a journalist. Like you're being real. Whereas anyone who works for Fox News in any kind of opinionated standpoint, it's like you're anytime they take you to court, you go, no, it's entertainment. No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I meant none yeah. of that. None yeah, as of soon that. as dollars and cents get involved, you're Look, just here for fun. I, what, I'm I just a clown like Krusty. Of course, I said it sincerely and said to them, I am sincere and not doing a character. Believe me, these people are taking over America. But I was kidding. Can you, Listen, can you tell? I am 100% a clown. That's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how I want to be introduced from now on. Uh, writer and clown, Dave Schilling. That's all yeah. I need people to know. Is This is all that. We're all just having fun here, guys. This it's isn't, it's this so isn't true. Real. I did stand-up I, comedy for five years. I was horrible at it. But I did it. <laughs> but I did it. There you so, go. So, yeah, I'm not serious. This is sure. not serious. There you go. There you go. What What is your favorite kind of thing to write? Like, let's just say... We we have a we have some money to keep you going, uh, and they just say, Dave, what do you want to do? What if what I said those, haikus? What are those? Yeah, <laughs> filthy limericks. Uh, no, um, I write a column about fashion, a humorous column about fashion for oh, the great. LA Times, and uh, that is my favorite thing to do because oh, cool. I get to talk about clothes. I get to talk about my relationship to clothes, um, my befuddlement and confusion at many trends, but also my affection for people who have unique styles and you know, do their own things and try like that's super fun to me i also really love writing for the new yorker i did, I did a couple shouts and murmurs that's super fun yeah um those are the things that they get me up at night yeah and, and write scribble things down scripts no that's not fun <laughs> you think yeah. you write a screenplay is fun no it's, it's uh it's basically writing a a, a check uh, that you can't cash <laughs> because mm-hmm. there's no money attached you're just yeah, waiting. Exactly. Like, I hope the money ends up in my bank account so I can cash this check. Right. Yeah. It's, it makes me think of the Mitch Hedberg line about when they when you're you get famous at stand up, they want you to write or act. And it's basically like being like, oh, you're a great cook. Do you farm? Yeah. You know, I love that. They're related, but they're so di- they're all so different. So I think that's fantastic that you found you can just say here's the thing I like to do and I'm doing it. I, I think the, the fashion thing you and I would definitely link up well on that because I'm I'm the same way. I I didn't learn to dress my shape and body until I was deep into my 30s and um, I used to for that that I used to wear very baggy clothes and 
had a, a, a taller grimace look minus the purple. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. And, and um, I, uh, I recently, actually yesterday, when I flew into Oklahoma City, they, the, my bag didn't make the connection. I transferred in Salt Lake City. And so I got to town and I'm like, well, like I need a show outfit I can't wear. I don't want to wear these joggers and this, you know, t-shirt and, and, and this, this, this track jacket on state. I will if I have to, but I'm like, let me walk around. I didn't have a rental car. And I found this insanely hip place that would be in like a, a movie where it's like, okay, this is owned by Kanye West. Great, we got that. You know, very sparse walls and and things. And I had a dividend, like I had, you know, uh, Delta has to pay for the clothes you buy that day. Yep. And I probably pushed it and I'm sure they'll fight me, but I got a really nice cardigan and I got a nice pair of, uh, uh, you know, fitted Carhartt pants to, and, and, and just sent pictures to my wife. And, but before I did that, I tried on other shit that I'm like, no way, but I'm going to send these pictures to my, and just, and oh, no way <laughs> that fits you well, but it's not you. And I put it all on my Instagram story. So anyone can, well, you could look at it today. No one listening can, because it's sorry guys and gals. You can't look sorry, at it, but can't, I can't. You can't drink in the wonder. Follow exactly. me on IG if you want some more, but it is so, it was so funny to me long story long how uh so many people would tag the thing i didn't buy and be like that actually looks really good on you and i'm like mm -hmm. yeah but it is that the thing that i feel like everyone is wearing which is it's the oversized sweatshirt with a with a pocket that is widened in the shoulders mm -hmm. and kind of hang you know kanye wears it every time yeah you know what i'm talking about oh yeah uh, uh, any number of stand-up comedians wear them and stuff. And it's that thing where I was like, yeah, let me try on two colors. And I was just like, on me, it just looks like, man, are you trying? You're really trying to be that guy, at least in my mind. Yes. Uh, when you hit a certain age, you have to accept that there are things that you can't ever wear again. Yeah. It's, it's over. I agree. And you've developed a sense of your own personal style. You know what fits and looks good, like you said, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. you're not going to deviate in ways that are, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, overly juvenile. Like if I yeah. if I deviate or if I do something wild with the way that I'm dressing, it's usually something that is still in line with my age bracket, right? which is right. mid to late thirties. Mm -hmm. I am <laughs> not going the other way and saying, oh, I'm going to start wearing, you know, fear of God, uh, like crazy sweatshirts or like yeah. you know, big, like crazy expensive sneakers. I don't wear sneakers anymore. Mm -hmm. I wear loafers all the time. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Dirt, See, I still, I'm not aged out of sneakers. I do wear, when I'm on the plane, like I'm wearing my plane outfit and like, I do wear the, I do wear the jog, the joggers. Sure. You've got to be you comfortable know. on a plane, right? If you got to. And it's like, but I don't ever wear them any other time just because I don't want to. Typically, I wear pants and I'll wear Air Max 90s almost always. Uh, maybe Vans or boots if it's if it, I'm going somewhere nicer or whatever. But yeah, I think you kind of have to fall in line with your style. I remember working with a, a gal. I'm forgetting her name. But she's very funny. Uh, and she she she's a comic and she was like around my age. And she we were talking about people that take pains to make themselves look young and obviously fool no one. And she, she nailed it. She was just like, I don't want to look young. I want to look good. Yep. I was like, that's me too. That's yep, me too. I don't, I don't have any inclination to fool anyone because I'm not. I'll be the first one to call myself an older person. I, I after, the, after my comedy shows and there's someone very young, I'll, I'll grab them and be like, thank God people my age came to the show. I'm so sick of you guys. And it always makes them laugh because it's like, yeah. okay, you know. Watching stand-up comedy is a young man's game. In that yeah. it is late at night <laughs> and you sometimes, uh, you know, get tired of being sure. there and you want to be in bed at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to give a, a, a shout out to and, and also to illustrate a point, um, talk about Paul F. Tompkins and his outfits, because I mm -hmm. saw him recently. Yeah. And uh, Paul's dressing, his style has evolved so much from you, know, you watch his early half hour specials and stuff. Yeah. He's still wearing a suit and things, but he's not. 100% Paul F. Tompkins yet. And I think no. one of the reasons why he was able to really fully self-actualize the way that he dresses is because he had more money to spend. Because when you're older, you have more money. When you're in your 20s, you're like, well, yeah. what? God, what can I afford to wear? Where? Yes. What can I get at H&M yes. or Zara or something that isn't, mm -hmm. isn't designed to fit a real human being? 
Yeah, exactly right. And so he was trying, you know, Mm -hmm. to dress up, but he couldn't really like be Paul until a couple years ago. Well, yeah, and he also didn't. uh, He also stopped closing down the bar Bordners in Hollywood (laughs) literally every single night, and you know, lost like eighty pounds or whatever. And that always helps. (laughs) Losing weight does. Always, yeah, definitely, always yeah. yeah. Didn't where? Where did you see uh, Paul? Neil what, Mahoney's we, memorial. That, that's where I saw you. I saw you there, and I saw so many people, and I was kind of in a, in, a, in a in a real sense far more than I thought I would be in a sense of emotional shock. Yeah, uh, where it just kind of drove home. Oh fuck, he's gone, and he died months and months and months ago. But I know. thought I saw him at least four or five times. Yeah. I kept expecting to see him. And this, mm-hmm. the only time this has ever happened to me when someone has passed away is my, my own father, mm. where I kept seeing him, you know, uh, around the time when he passed away. Wow. It was a very odd situation. And also seeing a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, same. Well, the most hugs I've given since, mm-hmm, yeah. since uh, the pandemic started, I was like, yeah. ah, I don't, whatever. We should just hug because this is one of those things where you hug people. And yeah. so that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember feeling very happy with my decision to not say anything because Me I had, too. I told I had, Joe to Ray afterwards. I, I was we, like, I'm really glad I didn't say anything. We all had, a, a, you know, a handful of stories, but it was that thing where, like, you know, could I say I was great friends with Neil? No, good friends, mm-hmm. known him a very long time, but was never close like those guys and and gals that came up. And so it was like, I was like, oh, good, 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 and and I liked. That, that it wasn't, it never once felt indulgent. It was yeah. incredibly efficient. And yeah, I mean, that was, in the best possible yeah. way. There was nobody who was like, they really should have just, they were <laughs> drunk and shouldn't have said that. This is weird. This is a real stretch. They just wanted attention. They saw famous people in the crowd and they're like, I'm going to show off how great I yeah. am. Yeah, None of that. None of that. This is why I love, one of the many reasons why I love Eric Andre. The night before, I was, I was at two memorials this week. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Moore, Moore one, yeah, yeah, I heard about that one. And I did like a, I did like a bit with uh, with uh, James Domi, and then I then I told a story about working with him. But you know, we were all it was in it, that was incredibly uh, produced because I knew my I knew my time, yeah. I knew when I should be there, and uh, so you know you had a guy that was like, okay, so it's gonna be this, they're gonna show this clip, and then you're on. Okay, so if I can just have you stand right here, you know, just like doing like a late night set or something. Right. And uh, I didn't even know he was there yet. And Eric Andre comes over my shoulder and goes, a lot of industry here tonight, bro. <laughs> I think Joda made a similar joke. Don't, don't about... waste, don't waste. Did he? Yeah, because I, I had to come a little late because I was, I was still uh, feeding my kid and putting her to bed. But like, yeah, it would. It just was like that, you know, with that time, you're not necessarily supposed to laugh, but it just got me as it, as if that, that self was like, yeah, I'm going to do a tight five. I'm not even going to talk about Trevor. I got this. Yeah, I got, I got really good stuff. Bit lined up capital the... riots. It's going to just <laughs> murder. Yeah, it's one of those places where you really have to check your own ego and remember okay. why you're there. Yep. Because there are a million situations in show business where you are like, oh, this is an opportunity. I'm, I have an opportunity. This is a thing that I should do. Yeah. And that is a self-interested gremlin in your brain warping your perspective on what is important. And the thing that was most important that night was Neil. And I'm sure mm-hmm. at Trevor's, it was the same thing. It was about yeah. the person yeah. and their family. I mean, don't, don't confuse why you are in the room and always yeah. remember what your goals are as a as a friend as a as a yeah. as a human being and not necessarily as a show business monster. Yeah, and I mean that can be applied to the greater everything where it's like maybe less what do I want and more yeah. what do we need? What do we what need? Do all yeah. of us need right now. Yeah. What you is know? this well, yeah. what is the what is the aim of this evening? What is the purpose? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean I've also I've also kind of taken to to you know not barf out as many opinions as I used to just doing stand-up because I have a mic because something's yeah. fucking with me. I should have an idea of how to make this funny if I do, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes I'll do that. But more often than not, it's like, look, my job is to let you forget everything and just mm-hmm. have fun for an hour and then I'm gone. And, you know, you want to take a picture with me? 
I'm going to do it outside these days, but uh, sure, rather than go, man, what is the shit with the boop, boop, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm in Texas right now. And of course, I'm only thinking of one thing so often every time I see a woman on the street. I'm just like, what must you be going through, you know? Yeah. But am I going to talk about it? No. And is, is it for my own self-interest uh, protection? No. It, it's because I don't want someone feeling I, I have. I'm working on I'm going to do a special in two days. Yeah. And I uh, the hours all set. And I'm now now I'm just taking stuff out. And I had this bit that used to that does typically really well. But it's about the Capitol riots. And I'm just taking the whole thing out because I'm like. I don't care how well it does. I just don't want it to veer out of the fun and make right. you remember this thing. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's there, there are multiple schools of thought in comedy, and there are certainly mm -hmm. a lot of people who are like, you got to say the thing that's the most fucked up to get people to think about it. I don't disagree with that on. necessarily. You know? Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that either. It's just a question of what are you comfortable with as a performer and right. then taking into account your audience. Mm -hmm. and their feelings you know they're they're the people who are sort of like i gotta be the edgiest person in the room and i'm gonna say the most uh, heinous thing ever it's gonna yeah. upset people because my job is to be a provocateur i'm right. supposed to get people out, out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. that has been perverted into i can say whatever i want because it makes me feel good it makes yeah. me feel good right when your job is an entertainer if it's a stand-up comedian if it's an actor if it's a uh, performance artist a dancer is to elicit a response from the audience that is not necessarily just outright anger. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be, you can be transgressive, but to do that in a way that hurts people's feelings is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is outrageous to me. Like the idea that yeah. you need to be mean, mm -hmm. cruel to the audience. You can do cruel yeah. things in the context of your work, but to be cruel to the audience is anathema to everything that entertainment is about yeah i mean it's it's telling that it's uh, always 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 even a well-meaning uh white person that's just like i just think the n-word is just a curse word and i gotta be able to say it come on why know, not this is I freedom of speech more, it's america the like, more well, we say it the less power it has it's like mm, not true not true False. i think you give it power also i don't think the people that have already undergone just like unimaginable oppression want to live through that day right of, of us trying to wear that word out <laughs> like, yeah, it's not um it's not up to human beings to take power away from a word it's not possible that's a good you know point. it's like it's like the c word you know in relation mm -hmm. to a woman uh um, right. in the uk people say it all the time i have a lot of british friends and they, totally. they throw it around all the time yep um but the power the words have are individual with the, yes. the people that you meet every day. Yes. It's not like collectively, we all decided it's fine. <laughs> well, the N word is not about the power we give it. It is about the legacy and the history yes. tied into that. That will never yeah. go away. It can't because you can't just wipe away history, which is unfortunately yeah. what I feel like, you know, a lot of people want to do is, is sanitize history. We oh, can't yeah. necessarily do that. So we have to take into account uh, where the, the word comes from, but also how it makes people feel. Mm -hmm. Empathy is a is a lost concept. Yeah, in the world, and it's sad. It, it's looked on as weak, mm -hmm. which drives me crazy. Where I, to me, it's the strongest thing. It's 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 often the hardest thing to look past yourself. Yeah, I had a guy. My yesterday was a com a comedy of errors, and uh, he had a great show. But then after that, it was everything kind of went downhill, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, my my um. Uh, 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 driver, I took. I had. They were supposed to drop my um, uh, my bag off that didn't make it, as I mentioned, to my hotel room. And I get back from the show at ten ten thirty. It's not there, and there's no number to call. And uh, so I uh, just I call my wife, and she's like, "You just got to go to the airport and get it." And I'm like, "Fuck, you're right." Like all I want to do is lay in bed and eat candy, watch TV. <laughs> but. So I get this Uber and the guy finds out I'm a comedian, nice enough guy, but he starts talking about how, you know, everything's so PC and everyone's so uh, sensitive. And, you know, I tell my son he plays football. There's no racism in football, which I can't even start with that. Um, and Ooh, that's wrong. He's okay. Like, he's like, he's like, you know, just like comedy and I'm like, yeah, that's right too. 
And he, he basically is like, you know, I mean, I saw this interview with Morgan Freeman. You know, he said it. Morgan Freeman, just stop talking about it. What do you about, do about racism? You keep talking about it. It's going to keep coming back. And, uh, you know, I, I was I was like, okay, okay. And I finally just was like, well, look, man, I, I, I don't like the whitewashing of things. I see where you're coming from. I agree that people should be able to say whatever they want on stage. But if they get booed, that's on them. But we, we are built on the backs of of the lives and suffering of slaves as a country mm -hmm. and that's why we're powerful and i mm -hmm. feel like now the status quo is let's just look it wasn't that bad and i'm like and when people say that i say you can fuck yourself and the guy laughed out loud he's like okay you got me you got me and so and i thought i was just gonna be that guy that's just like right right get me out of the car give me my bag but i was like no i have to fucking at least engage on some level with that guy and we left amiable yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily like that guy, but you know, it, that's the prevalent attitude. And it, it last thing I'll say about it, I don't want to get off on a fucking soapbox thing, but goddamn, as soon as the president was like, uh, no, Tulsa, uh, wasn't a riot. It was a massacre. That's when all of the critical race theory just started pouring across our country. It was literally like people opening a drawer and stuffing all this documents in and being like, nothing to see here. God damn it. Can we move on? Yeah, it's like blaming a, a, an Asian baby for Pearl Harbor. It's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's very different. So different. Yeah, but we don't have to get into that because no, but that's okay. Yeah, so you know, give me give me a, a a take on something you've enjoyed lately that maybe you've had or mm. uh... something. Anything? I anything? Sure. Literally anything? Oh, could boy. be could be someone mentioned a movie or, or oh, you were in something. An All right, I'm gonna give of yours lately because you were talking about fashion and a thing you're into. I'm gonna uh, give you right. something that I really love that Great. I've been thinking about a lot because I just saw the movie, uh, the new James Bond film. I'm so jealous. No time to die. I like that I jokingly said, Get me tickets. Oh, yeah, because I couldn't record this because I had to go see the movie. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Um, but I am also tired of this man crying all the time there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with tears in a movie uh nothing wrong with men crying in general it's a concept it's important to express your feelings <laughs> i just want to see james bond say something funny and blow up a car i yeah. don't know he's so depressed all the time the poor man you just want yeah. him to get help they you want him to go to a therapist yeah. and he won't do that james bond will literally save the world before going to therapy yes he will I, I like seeing him age and get kind yes. of broken down. I love yeah. the fact that they just called him an alcoholic. I loved that. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is fantastic. You know, <laughs> speaking as a heavy drinker, like, <laughs> I got such yeah. a big out of that. Cause it's like, you know, by definition, he basically is. Every day mm -hmm. he has heavy drinks and- He's driving drunk. a vehicle. Drives a vehicle. Yeah. You know, you can't drive a truck or teach a class with any alcohol in you, but you can work in espionage and carry weapons and gadgets and, and like poison vials and shit like that. That's Give me the realistic James Bond. He shows up to Q's laboratory and he's like, okay, what have you got for me today? <laughs> Hold on. He's given a piss test and he's got like a, that fake penis and like cute <laughs> yeah, and like, a little bag. Come on, James, man. James, you've done this before. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see him played as more of a human character. Mm -hmm. uh, those things never really affect him. <laughs> like uh, my absurd scenario where he comes to Q's laboratory drunk, but they do <laughs> comment on the fact that he's always drinking and uh, yeah. he does, he has been allowed to get old in a way that Roger Moore was around the same age. I think that, mm -hmm. that Daniel Craig is now. Yeah. And you watch those later Roger Moore movies and you think, boy, this old grandpa is yeah. still having mm -hmm. sex with 20 year old women. Yep. This oh. is bad. Even but as Daniel a kid, Craig, I was like, yeah. man, like Daniel. look at his, look at his, his liney face. I mean, Dan someone described him as, as action grandpa, like yes. Roger Moore, James Bond. And I loved that. Cause I do, he's still, I love uh, uh, Roger Moore. I think that he's my favorite Bond. He's so dope. Yeah. But yeah, he's, it's sort of like, in the era of Ronald Reagan as the president of the United States, <laughs> 
people were like, all right, I can swallow the fact that this uh, elderly gentleman is saving the world because look at a president who sleeps through meetings and eats jelly beans all day. He's just as cool, right? Mm -hmm. But this is more um, about Bond being um, vulnerable and yeah. being uh, uh, monogamous. <laughs> like he mm. really only has one girlfriend for most of these. Like he has the wow. girlfriend who dies at the end of Casino Royale. Right. He has a couple dalliances with women in the subsequent movies. Right. But for the most part, he's a one woman man. In, yeah, the, in the previous movie, Madeline Swan comes in and they settle down. And that's where the movie starts. Incredible. They're together. Yep. Um, so that's an interesting choice to make. And it was different than what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. It's not why I fell in love with the character. Right. But it was a brave artistic choice. And I'm glad they did it. And now let's go back to him making jokes and right. jumping out of airplanes with a Union Jack parachute and yep. all kinds of silly give me the silly stuff again i'm ready yeah i mean i like stuff. i like the silly stuff but like daniel craig is he's i won't say my favorite but he might be it's mm -hmm. hard for me to pick because i do i do that casino royale and and um uh skyfall 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 and, and casino royale are my two favorites mm -hmm. i love because he's just an absolute sociopath that just, you know, what, what M Dame Judy Dench was like, sometimes a blunt object is necessary. It's like, you're you're gonna die and you're only here because you're good at poker. Go drink and fuck. And like, there's something, you know. But then he finds his humanity in that movie. Yes, right? He falls in love correct. with Vesper and he, so he softens. Then mm -hmm. she turns on him yep. or he perceives that she turned on him. And uh, then he goes back into his shell, but you know that yep. there's a human being inside of yes. that and that guy that Daniel Craig mm -hmm. is playing. Yep. And that's what's cool about it is you see that humanity pop up yeah. throughout the movies and you see yeah. it more than any of them in this mm -hmm. last one where he really okay. is just a guy. Yeah. And he's putting the suit on. It's kind of like, it's uncomfortable and <laughs> it looks a little slower. Like, he he's plays got a little it. Yeah, <laughs> not really, but kind of like he looks. He'll, he does look softer. He looks softer than he sure. did before, um, and that's a testament to his acting ability. He's mm -hmm. he's really uh, incredible at turning on superhero and turning it off. Yeah, and you can see the moments when he's turning it on and when he's turning it off. It's a very yeah. well modulated. Oh, that's performance. Cool. Yeah. Well, he wanted to have uh, Bond have sex with a man. Like he was just like, let's do it. Don't yeah. we all? Nope. I mean, come I mean, on. Let's, I would let's just, get I would it just going. If he like came out of a hotel room and there was an, another guy come out and like Bond like swats him on the butt and they like have a little giggle and then you'd never mention it again. And they're it's just gonna like, happen. They're just like, it's you're just like, just, just, just to see, like, did you see the Green Knight? I sure did. Okay. I I found it very challenging, but I think it's an incredible movie, and it's so different, and uh, it's not what I expected, and that's fine. But <laughs> almost as enjoyable as any part of the movie was when the lights came up, and it's, I, that's the first movie I've seen in, in a theater in over a year. And, and an older man went, terrible movie, out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got it. Up and he, started, he started town hauling us. He's like, wasn't that horrible? What a terrible! And then I, went, <laughs> I went to the bathroom, and he followed me in. He followed like he—I don't even think he needed to pee. And he was in the middle of the room, going, "Was now? Now was that a terrible movie, or was that a terrible?" And it's like I'm not. And we're all just—we've—he's not even there to us. We're like, because all of us are like deep in thought about what we've just seen and trying to piece it together and, and understand its art and things. But it was. It made it even more enjoyable that that guy hated it so much. That what you're Man. describing is a Twitter interaction in real life. Yes. Someone who's just like, I thought that sucked, right? Anybody yeah. else right, agree with me? Raise your hand if you thought it sucked. Come on. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and I just, I would love to see that in a movie theater and see Bond just come out of the, the dude, obviously hooked up, and then just have Pete, just, just the body language of men around me going, what the fuck? Fuck no, man. I was hard for a second, and now I'm Damn harder? I oh, no. I don't like I'm the gay. giving me. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have that happen. I think it will. I think in the continuum of human society, 
we will see every incarnation of these characters until the oh, end yeah. of time, whenever yeah. that might be in the yeah. next 20 years. I'm just kidding. I don't feel that way. We're going to no. be fine, guys. Society is going to continue. We'll be right. Remember, humanity <laughs> will be fine. We know, we, and yeah. Let me make stress this. We do not have to make any changes. Um, <laughs> I, it's going great. Everything's no going notes. Everything's A plus. Great. No notes. Um, yeah. It's, here's, here's the question, though. Yeah. Uh, who would you like to see as the next Bond? A great question that I was thinking about as we were having this conversation, mm. because you mentioned the Green Knight, and I have seen oh. multiple people suggest Dev Patel as James Bond. And I am, I wouldn't call myself a traditionalist about James Bond because yeah. that would imply that it only has to be one way. Let's be, let's be honest here, guys. Uh, Irish people have played James Bond. Scottish yeah. people, Scottish. Australians, yeah. Welsh people. Okay, he's written as English. This Almost is very- every descendancy of what we call Caucasians have played James Bond with the exception yes. of maybe Scandinavian or- uh, No Scandinavians, no or Canadians. East, or maybe Eastern Bloc. Yeah. An American played James Bond the first time James Bond was adapted to the screen. Oh, right. A TV show called Climax, and they adapted wow. Casino Royale. Uh, Barry Nelson played James Bond. They called Deep him cut. Card Sense Jimmy Bond. Wow. Um, so he's the only American to ever play James Bond. Um, James Brolin did do multiple screen tests for Octopussy, but did not end up getting the part uh, of back Roger Moore. Anyway, that, this all goes to say that it is not a given. Mm -hmm. that James Bond is um, white in or English in these movies. So why no. why can he be not white? Why not? As long as yeah. you're English, does it matter? Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm not I'm not advocating for or campaigning for a person mm -hmm. of color to play James Bond. Sure. I won't mind. I no. similarly with a female James Bond, whatever they decide, I'm sure it'll be great. My head canon is that james bond be a man a british mm -hmm. man sure that's not to say that we can't go that direction no. if we want to have a female james bond i that's just not what i would do but i think yeah. dev patel checks a lot of the boxes he's young yes. women adore him men oh, yeah. adore him oh yeah um he has a magnetism a sexual magnetism and a charisma mm -hmm. that you need for the character and he's he's english so it's like he's english i you know it's funny uh, three days ago i just i was in my kitchen and i was just like i think i'd like to see a south asian bond yeah you know especially because of british british colonialism history. yeah i mean absolutely. come on you know that would mean a lot yeah i think and that would, would be more meaningful than female james bond because it yeah it would move it would move things forward in a very cool way i think yeah it would it would hopefully take some of the uh implicit racism out of the character yeah the misogyny of james bond is something that you could take out of the character if you make him a woman mm -hmm. but then it's still going to be objectifying someone you know yeah well and i think if they did do a female james bond they would they would keep ironically the misogyny and would it, they would file it under comedy where you would, yeah, I mean, you'd have this person that's very coarse and brash and uh, 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 putting women down and stuff. And it would be looked as like, oh, how empowering. But it's like, no, you're still being shitty. <laughs> right. Yeah. There would be that tendency to want to go camp with it, mm -hmm. which is yeah. not what you want to do. I mean, yeah. you, if it's going to be a camp James Bond, it should be a guy. You don't want to make light of the fact that you now no. you have a female James Bond. You have to play it really seriously and you have to respect the unique qualities that a woman would bring to that role. You can't just be like, okay, we're going to write it as a guy, but we're going to cast a woman. You have to oh, write right. it as a, as a female character. Right. So that will, would require a lot of recontextualizing what mm -hmm. this character does. Absolutely. If it's a, if it's a person of color, I think it's easier. I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but mm -hmm. it would certainly be easier to keep it a man. Uh, yeah. So I do not envy the decision that Barbara Broccoli and no. Michael G. Wilson have to make because there are so many people who have things that they want out of this. Yeah. There are so many people who have an idea who, of who James Bond is. Yeah. And every time they cast a new James Bond going forward, this question is going to come up. People are going to have of desires. Of course. Um, so good luck. I, I hope it, it ends up being good, a, a good success. Good luck and also if you do cast another white male, know that that guy will have the ultimate feeling of winning let's just say 
the best supporting or lead actor at the Oscars. And in his mind, he's like, fuck, I'm that guy now. I'm the guy that took his fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Damn it. You're digging yourself out of a hole. I I mean, I think it's the fact that what's his name, who I think is fantastic, uh, who's who's Spider-Man now? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. I think he's amazing. But the fact that he's like, you know, I'm just admitted I really want to be James Bond. It's like, "Mm, kid. He looks like a child still. He can't play James Bond. No, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see him kiss anyone. No. I don't want to see him kiss his Aunt May. I, I don't want to see, see him blow someone up or or, or, or or have sex with a woman and say something shitty because then he's just a fucking bro. He's a little just bratty a, kid. Like English little bratty bro. Kid. And I yeah. don't think it's shit. I, I don't, do, yeah. I think they're know, gonna. It's like I'm gonna look for you know in his in his little gadget thing that fits in his shoe. Like where is the date rape pill that you carry around, bro? Like where? <laughs> yeah, sadly, I think we're we're we might never get to go back to that characterization no. of Bond, but we'll see. We'll see. I I have have him have hopes. a young friend that works at the at the you know at the thing that calls him an old fuck or whatever. You're, you old be, piece of shit. Piece um, of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I we'll see. We'll see. I I think that they had a a challenge. Every time they've done this. Oh, yeah. But when they cast Daniel Craig, it was hard. Mm -hmm. People didn't believe him. He had blue eyes and he had blonde hair. And people were like, fuck, that's not James Bond. But it it didn't matter because he was ripped and he came out of that water and that small ass truck. They know. They know. They know how to do this. They take it very seriously. And Mm -hmm. so whoever they pick, excuse me, whoever they pick is going to be good, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so we're going to get to the calls, Dave. And I always mm-hmm. ask people, uh, first off, I have to tell you, I don't know what the calls are. I never do. Renee, the all-powerful producer of the show, he listens to them and he picks them out for us. He picks three. And uh, so this is this is all. We're flying blind, which is great. Right. Only rule is we just don't – We if people have a technical question, we don't Google. So sorry. Um, is all shooting from the hip. And I'll just ask you before we go, before we get started, um, have you been asked for advice a lot or at all? All the time. Okay. Since I was in high school, people were like, what wow. do you think about this? Yeah, because I'm a hmm. listener. Man, I, okay. I listen really well and cool. I try to take into account people uh, and their needs. So I think I'm really well suited for this podcast. Perfect. Well, on that note, let's roll the first call. Hey, uh, I just had a quick question. Uh, maybe get your advice on it. Uh, how how would you deal with a a know it all, say say coworker or just a person in your in your life? How would you how do you deal with know it alls, that type of personality? All right. uh, thank you. Bye. All right, here I'm going to tell you exactly what it is, and this is the God's honest truth, and you Great. have to listen to me. You go. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. First of all, he's like <laughs> asking for advice how to, how to deal with someone who thinks they know everything. Um, I don't know everything, but no. I pretend to sometimes. Okay, so I think what you do when somebody comes into your your workspace or whatever and starts to tell you what they think they know about the world mm-hmm. is you just listen because hmm. you can't tell them they're wrong. Yeah. You can't have a conversation with somebody who's not listening to you. That's yeah. usually what these people uh, are looking for is validation mm-hmm. and uh, a safe space to spew whatever it is that's up here. They like to hear the sound of their own voice, which right. is something I can relate to as a host of a podcast. Sure. Um, they need to unfortunately find a better outlet for their feelings than mm-hmm. you know the workplace or wherever it is, the gym or whenever you're being accosted by someone like this. Um, I, I will say though, if the person, often these people are blowhards and they don't, it, it's that terrible hostage situation we've all been in where you're like, this person is full of themselves and is acting like nothing will ever bother them. But we can all see how incredibly fragile they are. And if anyone pushes back, they will shatter and lash out. And Deep so we're insecurity. held hostage by this person and they're, I, I don't, this is a strong term, but psychosis where, you know. I've had to go, well, but I wouldn't, you know, agree with that. I, you know, you need to stop them. And they're like, what? And it's like, no, you're breaking the deal. I get to talk all the time. I listen. No, I don't. Yeah. You know, I have certain people I'm, I'm that are in my life that will like do that. And it, it drives me crazy, you know, but. Are they mostly stand up comedians, Matt? No, 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 no. Oh, these, okay. are, these, <laughs> are, these are, uh, uh, um, 
people I'm, uh, you know, distantly related to. Oh, okay. And it's like, yeah, okay. And, and it's, it's, everything is, <laughs> I remember, yeah, I can, I just, I just think uh, generally speaking, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. That's the way I was, I put it and that's strong, but I remember being driven around to radio in a, in a, in a, for, for the morning of a show somewhere and the guy driving me around would not agree with a thing I said for some reason. And it wasn't, we weren't talking politics or even the sky is blue, but he would, he would say something like, yeah, I mean, we have, you know, uh, a show where two guys like get on stage and they, they rip on each other and then we vote on who, uh, who wins. And I'm like, oh, so like a roast battle. And he's like, well, no, like, like that, where you're like, all right, so dude, insults, right? You just, yeah. you, you just have to, you have to tell me what it is because yeah. I'm trying to help the conversation, but it's tiring getting told I'm wrong and almost there. It's, it was this kind of, uh, so like that there are degrees, but you know, I think the whole thing, I think that the advice of like, just listen, I know I'm, I get short tempered. <laughs> Yeah, of course. You want to lash out. Yeah. I'll just be like, you got to stop, you know. But... It's it's a tricky thing if mm-hmm. you're in. But it is tricky. Yeah, it's a tricky thing if you're in, let's say, the entertainment industry. Yeah. And collaboration is uh, the name of the game most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Either people have a natural uh, advantage over everybody else. And they kind of leap past the need for other people. Yeah. Or... They spend years and years ingratiating themselves to other human beings, listening, um, f- figuring out ways to collaborate, uh, coming up with clever ideas, executing those ideas with the help of other people. Like those are the building blocks of success in most fields, but certainly in the, the field that the two of us are in, yeah. where you have to be um, a good human being on some level or people will right. shun you. There are those though who can just be that know-it-all because they've been given the power up in Super Mario Brothers. So it allows them to scale past the fence and get over into the garden. Yep. Yeah, that's what that's well put. I, I think that when people haven't had that practice in their lives, you know, or um are kind of outwardly insecure. And I'm insecure. Yeah. But, yeah I, I think, think everybody who's ever been on this show is probably insecure. Probably. I certainly am. Yeah, God. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want someone on here who, do, who doesn't have some sort of issue. I don't yeah. really trust people that don't on some yeah. level. And you know, I think we. we, we I woke up this morning feeling like a complete turd. Really? And here we, of course, every morning. Not every morning, but <laughs> look, lately I've just been like, Ooh. I had my picture taken professionally. Oh, cool. And I get the photos back, and I'm like, oh, I look terrible. Oh. <laughs> what is this? And my girlfriend's like, no, you're very handsome. This is a great photo. And I'm like, no, it's not. Look at that. <laughs> those jowls. Um, so it's really hard to shake yourself out of that um, feeling. And then I, I do find myself becoming very sensitive in the way that mm-hmm. you describe when I'm like that and maybe more apt to be pushy or difficult or um, sullen or a know-it-all, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, agreed. I think, uh, uh, caller, I hope that helps you basically, uh, give the person a chance, be kind, but, uh, also, uh, uh, protect yourself. Yeah. Confrontation is not the, the, the ideal situation. No, no, no. But just take care of yourself. And if you're, you're just a vessel they're dumping into, you need to close the lid. Yeah. Boundaries Uh, are crucial. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's it. Okay. Let's roll uh, caller number two. Hey Matt, this is Rob calling from Alabama. Uh, I've uh, I've actually called your show a couple times, and you have given me some great advice. So I'm hoping that uh, that this one won't disappoint either. Uh, the last time I called, uh, uh, it's kind of a follow up. I uh, I had asked about how I uh, I asked a friend of mine uh, if he wanted to do a podcast with me, and I followed your advice, yeah. and he said yes without any hesitation at all. Uh, what I've been waiting on is um, is for me to graduate college. That's about to happen in about four weeks, I think five, four or five weeks or so. So I'm excited about that. And he and I have been going over over show ideas and episodes ideas, and uh, it's it's been really fun just kind of bouncing ideas off each other. But now what I'd like to know is what 
what kind of uh, direction do I need to go in? In other words, like what type of hardware software do I need a do I need a camera? What you know, how good of one or how good of a mic? How good of a setup do I need? Uh, how do I even get this thing on the air? Do I mean do, do I need to? They need to have an agent or a manager or, you know, somebody to talk no. to, uh, you know, uh, uh, sure. the Apple company or Google or what or Spotify. Uh, I'm not even sure how to how to get this thing off the ground. Any type of mm-hmm. just basic information so we know what direction we need to go in, who we need to talk to, um, what kind of equipment, that sort of thing there. That's, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, we think we have a great um, great direction for the show. We already have uh, episode ideas. I think I mentioned that already. And, and you know, we're just really excited just, uh, you know, just a couple corny-ass white guys just getting on uh, getting on and, you know, letting loose and, you know, talking about some dumb shit. So uh, uh, that's what we got going on. Um, on another note, I will be in Nashville this Sunday uh, watching you on stage. Nice. I cannot wait. Uh, I absolutely Thanks, love your comedy. Uh, I've turned my wife on to uh, to what you do. So so we're really excited to get up there and, uh, and and see what you got on stage. So I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing seeing you and uh, uh, looking forward to a good show. Thanks for uh, taking my call. And, um, yeah, that's it. Have a good one, man. Thank you for calling uh, repeatedly. Uh, glad the advice thing worked out. Thank you for coming to Nashville, which you already have. And boy, I hope the shows went well. Uh, as far as the steps, I will just say there are numerous, numerous things you can find online that you can Google that will give you all the lists of equipment. There's various kinds. Um, I'm not going to walk you through ours. I work with a producer. I'm on a network. That, that's rare. That's kind of a hard thing to get. Uh, so you should just start grassroots. And it's like uh, I've talked about uh, Dan Harmon having that advice for anyone who's an inter- entertainer. It's like when you're lost in the woods, stay where you are. We will find you. We being listeners, we being industry, just get as good as you possibly can and that will radiate. And you can work on social media, you can work on promoting yourself and things like that, but just get the thing as good and as, as, as fun and as true to you and, and, and your interests as, as humanly possible. Uh, the fact that you have it laid out already in terms of those ideas, that's half the battle. The equipment and the other things. The fact is, anyone can put a podcast up on 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 a- any of those platforms. The exception of Spotify. Spotify is very hard to get on, uh, but generally speaking, but that's okay. So I would just say we're not going to walk you through all the, the equipment and the stuff you'll need because people will listen and go boring. But you can find it online. Uh, Dave, what would you say? Okay, well, I can give a couple um, tips. Hmm. One. Matt's 100% correct. Just do it for a while. Yeah, Nobody listens. If five people listen, Great. you're getting better at it. And you're very lucky that you're getting better at it while people are not listening because the worst thing in the world is to do it, have a bunch of listeners, and then them turn it off. You want to get good and then grow at a normal, rational yes. pace. The second thing is distribution is has never been easier on the internet for podcasts. If you go to Anchor or or something mm-hmm. like that, Anchor will literally do everything for you. They will publish cool. all of your podcasts on Never every platform. That. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's Spotify owns it. It's 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 uh just a way for people to kind of DIY make a podcast. Um and then technically, like whatever mics you get or whatever, like the audio quality you can improve steadily as you go. Just start making them. But if you don't have, let's say, post-production um, expertise, you don't know how to cut tape yet, you don't know how to mix, try Zencaster. These are not ads. Please do not think that I'm no, 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 no. This, by is, this is insight. I'm just telling the audience. And you're not. Think. And look, you're not. This is stuff you know. You're sharing your knowledge. You're not, podcasts, you're not yeah. Googling. This is yeah. great. This is this great. Is, I'm a pro. Yeah. Um, Zencaster will record your conversations with people remotely. Uh, and then there is an option to mix down all of the tracks into a finished product. Cool. You can even do live sound effects that will go onto the the mix at the Fun. end. It'll it'll fix the levels. It'll give you a finished product, a wave fo- a file or an MP3, whatever. Uh, it is a su- subscription service. So you have to pay a little bit for mm-hmm. enough um, space to save all of your files in the cloud. Right. 
but um, you can also use a free version, just test it out, see what you think. But that, the, if you combine Zencaster and Anchor, you could pretty much just do podcasting without having to hire a producer or something, mm-hmm. if that's not something that you can afford. Ha- having somebody, a third person to engineer and produce your show is going to be an expense or it's going to be a favor that you ask somebody else. Yeah, and um, you're, you're impeding upon their time. Use yeah. the time you have. You and your friend have entered into a covenant, and I hope your friendship can withstand it. A blood pact. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good start. It's. I mean, I, I used to do uh, my first podcast was just me talking. And it yeah. was just 15 minutes and then it was a half an hour. And if I'm honest, I found it exhausting because I wasn't collaborating with anyone and, and no one else was working on the ideas but me. But now that I have a, a, a network and I have Renee and I have, you know, I have people on every episode, it's so much more fun to come play. It's so much more fun to come to work, you know? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's always going to be a situation where the more you do it, the better. When I first started, yeah. I had the unfortunate situation of starting in a professional setting. Oh, yeah. And... Um, I was not good. Hmm. I did. I didn't know how to do the things like transitions or keeping conversation lively. When to change subjects. When not to. When to ask certain questions. What a mm-hmm. format should be for a podcast. How to right. keep it um, engaging for the audience. I figured that out just by doing it. So you're mm-hmm. you're already like so far ahead of other people who might want to do it, but don't have the, the will to, or, or the drive to try and stumble a couple times before you yeah. get to where you want to go. So just keep doing it. Hopefully these tips that I, I gave and that Matt gave help, but mm-hmm. you're, you're well on your way. Absolutely. And I will just really quick add, just don't do it for, for spins. Don't do it to be famous. Don't do it to get you do it, do it to, to exercise what's inside you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, exercise as an exorcism, like get it out, you know, uh, uh, do, do it as, because it's your enthusiasm, you know, people probably will, you know, not ever hear of your podcast for quite some time. Uh, but Years. just do it. Yeah. You, you just, yeah. You just have to do it and it'll be the thing you have and let it be a thing that comes up in conversation. So me and, uh, me and uh, Bill, we have a podcast together. You do? You guys do a podcast? Because more often than not, as much as Dave and I, everyone we know has one almost <laughs> because it's it's just a part, it's part and parcel with what we do, getting our voices out there. Most people don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you'll, 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 you could be having dinner with a bunch of people and you mention it and people go, well, what, tell me what is a podcast? And they're like, oh, and it's that thing where I've walked my parents through what podcasts are and now they've found ones they like. And it's, it's a kind of thing where you, you will get people into the art form by doing it, which is yeah. cool. And yeah. then they'll find you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the last thing I'll say, but okay. You ready for our last call, Dave? Yes, I am. Let me just say, I, I really appreciate you being on, and Thank I know you. you've been doing a lot of podcasting today. So I have, you know, after this, I think you should go get yourself a nice uh, ice cream sundae or a margarita or something. Um, Ooh, so. Maybe I'll do another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what if mm, I just didn't do any I'll do of those a refreshing podcast? I have to go pick up my son from school after this and oh, talk about all the fun. By the way, he is going to be four. In literally wow. 31 days, Amazing. November 1st. Yeah. Congratulations. My, uh, my, my kid will, uh, is, is going, well, she, she will be a year and two months in, um, a couple days. Mm. So that's Congrats. exciting. Yeah. It's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a good time to be a parent. It is. I, 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 I love it. It's a, it's its own special kind of magical grief. <laughs> magical oh. grief. That's be the name of your next special. <laughs> Yeah, any kind of sadness yeah. in the title just immediately it immediately sounds so indulgent. Absolutely. It's just like, why am I going to fucking watch you be sad? Honestly? Yeah. Well, oh. that was 2012 in, in a comedy. <laughs> it, it was a rough time for all of us. Yes, it was. Okay, let's uh let's roll the third call. Hey, Matt Baronger, how's it going? Uh I'm sure you know who this is, but uh just keeping it anonymous <laughs> just in case. Um so the uh the question that I need advice on is, so my uh, my mother-in-law's turning 80-something uh, in the next couple of weeks, and we're planning on taking her on a little mini vacation to a, a casino resort. Um, 
at her request that she enjoys gambling and whatnot. But she doesn't want us to invite anybody else in the family. They have a huge family, like, you know, 30 great grandkids, uh, you know, 20 grandchildren, 10 kids, adult kids. But she doesn't want us to tell anybody because she kind of just wants to get away from them all for this vacation. Um, now, my wife's been accused of being exclusive at times where they feel that she doesn't include the, the rest of the family in events. So I want to know how do we get around not being accused of not inviting people when it's my mother-in-law's request not to invite the people. Um, yeah. And how do we handle the aftermath? Because there will be aftermath, and um, yeah. I'm sure it'll be a lot of angry texts and uh, angry relatives. <laughs> um, I hope that's detailed mm. enough, but uh, yeah, that's uh, great. I need help with that. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you, sir. First off, of those listening, this is my partner in crime. This is Renee, the actual producer of the show. This is a first, ladies and gentlemen. But this is a great one. This is a really great one. This Dave, is impossible. Take, yeah, I will. Take, I will happily take this. Take first crack. Okay. Because I've had similar problems in okay. that when I got married the first time. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, I did not want to invite certain people. Me personally didn't want to invite mm-hmm. certain people. And then my now ex-wife didn't want to invite certain people. So it's a question of when they find out that they have not been invited, what do you say? Mm-hmm. So I had to just be honest, like we didn't have enough space to invite everybody. It was a limited space situation. So that I was, did the same thing. Yeah, that was an easy solution. It was still difficult for them to process that they didn't make the cut, but nevertheless, I had a rational, fact-based reason not to invite certain people. Mm-hmm. What it sounds like our friend here is describing is a situation where there isn't a limited space problem, mm-hmm. and it is a request from another family member. Yep. So my advice is to be honest with these yep. people you need to tell i believe it was the mother-in-law was the mother-in-law Correct. yeah, yeah. Mother-in-law. the mother-in-law needs to know you can't lie you're not going to lie you yep. are not going to obfuscate you are not going to leave these people hanging who are not invited to this yep. event you're going to tell your mother-in-law look you don't want these people there you need mm-hmm. to tell them when they come a calling i am not going to deflect for you i am not going to run interference for you if they're mad when they find out, I'm going to say why they're not invited. Yeah. And then you have to pick up the pieces from there because it's yeah. not your problem. No, it is but her problem. I, I will, I will give a, 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 I will, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Also, here's a bit of spin to make it easier to take. Mm-hmm. Anytime someone is not invited to someone, the, the perfect way, and you're not lying, is to say, like, for example, for, for, for Renee's mother-in-law, when people are like, well, what the, you know, we're family, we weren't invited. You go, she wanted to keep it small. Keep it small. That's yeah, the it, term that people tend to respect where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, people are like, uh, oh, you or like, are you, you're married or yeah, we're going to celebrate this thing, uh, but we're going to keep it small. And if someone says that to me, I just immediately go, I'm not invited. And that's cool. You want to keep it small. Everyone understands, keep it small. And I think I think that's your those are your three words you basically throw to everybody. If someone is like, "Why am I not in the small group?" You can deflect to mom-in-law and go, you know, she, you know, uh, she had a tiny list that she dashed off to go to her casino, and and that was it. And she loves everybody, but it was just the people that she, you know, like I I have three brothers who are cousins. I invited the two younger ones. I did not invite the oldest one to my wedding. And he totally understood because I barely talked to the guy. Yeah. And we had a nice little heart to heart last time I went to DC. And he was like, I feel bad, man. We haven't like really 
hung out like you've hung out with Mike and Charlie. And I was like, yeah, it's true, man. I'd like for us to, to, to have more communication. He's like, me too. And I was like, cool. And even his dad, my Uncle Joe was like, yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt and, and Joe barely talk. And, 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 my, and, just, and my mom was like, oh, like so relieved because on paper, that's insane. You invite two brothers, but not the third. But yeah. we had to make hard choices in that wedding. And I think, you know, uh, you, can, you can say, call her, you can say, you know, she had to make hard choices because she wanted it to be super small. She just wanted to have a good time. She didn't want to constantly be interacting with, there's a, there's a billion of us. You know, yeah. it's, it's exhausting to deal with that many, many people. And it's, it's her day. It's her fun. It's, it, she wants to gamble. She wants to yeah. play craps. She doesn't want to talk to her grandkids. Yeah. There, there's a time for each of those things and yeah, they're not I, at the same time. Yeah. I think it's important for, um, for people to be honest with each other. And sometimes, you know, it's, it, you can run interference for people. It is mm -hmm. possible. And I think the scenarios you described, the, the solutions you described are, are really important and useful, but man, if you don't want somebody to do a thing, you got to say it, you know, I, yeah. honesty is, is it's so intrinsic to healthy relationships. Yeah. Every single human problem can be traced back to a lack of honesty at some point in someone's life. Yeah. So just try to see if you can, if you're in this situation, either you are the caller, you are the mother-in-law, whoever it is, like just practice honesty. Yeah. Um, if you're not close to someone, if they're a mature adult, they'll understand. Well, we're not mm -hmm. close. I probably shouldn't have been invited right. to that. Like there are all kinds of events where, <laughs> oh, I see people on Instagram, like at a wedding or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm friends with those people. But am I friends with those people? Right, Would I right. invite them to my wedding? Probably not. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. to put yourself in the other shoes of the other person in this equation, when you are the one who's left out, yeah, it's also incumbent upon you to say, all right, look, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. My my happiness is not the point of this. Yeah. Maybe I don't belong in this event. Maybe, you know, just, I misjudged our relationship. Whatever it is, but don't take it personally. How much of it is you wanting to go party? How yeah, much that's all it is. It's all selfish. To go to this resort casino. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's like I, I, I had a friend who I couldn't invite to my wedding because he just didn't make the numbers cut. And it was one of those hard decisions. He didn't invite me to his when he got married and I saw the pictures and did I wish I was there? Kind of. Mm -hmm. Did I think he was being uh, vindictive? Not at all. Was I happy for him? Yes. I was just yeah. like, I'm just glad this, this dude is happy and he's in love. And, and these guys that are also friends with me, guys and gals, they're having fun too. I have my own life. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like we project too much on these moments of, I, I, I balk at the idea of like, we, if you have to have as much family as, as possible, it's like that can turn into literal hell. Yeah. Or friends. You're like, yeah. I, I, as I've gotten older, I've limited my social circle to people that I can see or not see. And it not like, we'll, we can always be friends still, even if we don't talk for a, a yeah. long period of time or people that I talk to every day. Mm -hmm. but I don't have a lot of acquaintances anymore. Yeah. There were a lot of acquaintances yeah. at my wedding. Cause I was 30. <laughs> and <it> was like, <laughs> I got to, I got to invite all these people. And I got to show off to these people, like how fancy my wedding is. And now all those people I don't talk to because yeah. they're, they were never my friends in the first place. Um, I tried so, my yeah. first album. I tried to thank everybody and, uh, Can't do they it. were like, no, this will never fit on the back of that vinyl album. And then, I just copied and pasted it and put it on Tumblr for everyone. And it was like, you're scrolling for like five straight minutes. Like, what is this? Why did, why? Who do you really care about? Yeah. And know, versus who are you trying to impress? You're trying much. to curry favor with. Exactly, exactly. Speaking of trying to impress, anything to plug? Of course I do, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, listen to my podcast, Galaxy Brains that I host with my old pal, Jonah Ray. We talk yes. about movies and TV shows um, and the absurd theories we have about both. Mm. For example, we did an episode about Fast 9. 
And my uh, ridiculous galaxy brain theory on that movie is that Vin Diesel is an angel sent from heaven to protect oh. the planet during the story of the book of revelations. Great. I can't say more than that because it would take up too much time. Um, Downloading now. Yes. It, it is a silly show about important topics. That's the best way I can describe it. Uh, And that comes out every Thursday. So download that wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dave underscore Schilling. You can read my LA Times fashion column. Um, You can find out when new episodes of Galaxy Brains drop and all the other stuff that I do that take up my time. Great. Well, congrats on all that and on uh, being a dad and, 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 and filtering out the people that just don't matter in your life. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show, Dave. It was a joy. I really it appreciate it. It was a pleasure. You. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was a blast. Livened up my time in this lonely, lonely hotel room on this gray, drab day in Texas. If you need advice, call 323-763-0228. We always need calls. Anything on your mind, just call. Leave a message. Don't second think it. 323 323- 763-0228. Thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.